you know, Joburg's alive with music and all sorts of things. And there's an incredible blues band, Max and Love, that I ran into today. Um, we're now speaking outside the gig at Snatch 32. Who's Max and who's Love? Well, I'm the love part and I'm the singer. Right, the... stop. You're the love part. <laughs> That's in, right. In Max and Love. That's right. I'm not being racist, but you're two black men loving the blues. There's I mean, a deeper understanding of blues. There's a deep understanding of your partner wearing Led Zeppelin, your heroes, Joe Bonamassa. Tell us the backstory. So, um, I myself, I come more from a, uh, a soul and a little bit of R&B, but more so soul kind of, kind of place. My parents played a lot of that kind of music growing up, so that's the kind of stuff that I also gravitated towards. And where towards. did you grow up? Joburg, born and raised, all over. I've, moved, I've lived in 13 different places in my life. <laughs> we were parents moved around quite a lot. Um, and essentially, Max and I, we've known each other for a long time, for about almost 10 years now. And he's been very much about the blues. So when we decided to start this up, we decided let's, let's, let's make it a blues endeavor. And he's been the main educator for me as far as this whole journey, as far as like learning about the blues. And I brought the soul to it. Um, and I bring all my experimental desires and whatever to it. Now you said you brought the soul to it. Mm -hmm. Your soul influences. Is this lie in the family stone or does it go further back than that? So my personal uh, soul influences, I'll, I'll talk about James Brown, I'll talk about Marvin Gaye, um, and even Michael Jackson and Prince. As much as they're more known for their crossover stuff, I think that they, they, their roots are in the soul. Definitely there. And that's where I learned a lot of that kind of stuff, especially as far as performance and singing. I mean, today your, your nuances, and you, you, you played as a duo, but we said before we started chatting, you have a band and everything else. Take us through that process of the duo and then forming it into a band. Right. So as things stand right now, we, we're very young. We started end of, end, of, end of August, about two months now. We're, we're about two months old. And we've been doing it as a duo because one, it's more, I guess, financially feasible in this world in general, but especially in a COVID kind of world, it's the most feasible way to perform where everybody gets some form of payments. And also logistically, it's a lot easier to manage. Um, but the band is something that we've been, we've been bashing around with the idea for a while. And we've spoken to some musicians and we've got two musicians in mind that we're trying to bring in and make it a big thing. And we've, we know what we're going to call it and we know what the kind of shows we want, we want to make are going to look like. And, we look at people who have made shows of this kind of nature, in theatres especially, like your Joe Bonamassas, like your Hugh Masekelas. We're looking at shows like that, that we can create a, a nice narrative and an environment and really capture the audience in that kind of space. And that's what we want to, that's where we're trying to get to eventually. But you said August, August of this year, during that's right. the height of COVID. <laughs> right. What was that COVID reality for you? Because mm. I saw on stage there, you're looking very forward. You're mm. not doing the handout, oh, COVID stuffed me around. You're looking to 2022. What are right. those goals? So as far as Max and Love, our goals are to put on our own shows. That is the main number one priority is putting on our own shows, creating what we want to call the Max and Love experience, which is something that we wanted. We'll, we'll start it out being something that happens maybe like four times in a month or something like that. We're still bashing around ideas about the whole concept. But it's something that eventually, in the long term, we want to turn it into one of those special events that happens maybe anything from one to maybe four maximum times a year. And it's a big experience at a theater or on a cruise ship even, the kind of thing that Joe Bonamassa does even. That could be interesting. 
But I look, you talk Wham, you have George Michael and Andrew right. Ridgely, you have Simon or Garfunkel. There's always one in a duo that's stronger. <laughs> but the two of you seem to complement each other so well. There doesn't yep. seem to be... Because you're each bringing different parts which is complementing the music. Right. I think that also speaks to why he and I came together. Um, we've both been doing music for, for a decent amount of time. Uh, myself slightly longer than him. Um, but we've both had about a, a similar experience as far as putting our entire lives and souls and energy and monies and everything we possibly can into our music careers and having teams that aren't necessarily as passionate, as driven as we are in that particular endeavor and being let down eventually, essentially, uh, well, inevitably, really. And somehow, I guess, the timing aligned at this point two months or, well, we started gigging two months ago, but we started rehearsing uh, about, I guess, maybe four or five months ago. But when we came together, we didn't realize what we were doing. But we realized as after our first gig, no, 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 you after our first gig, we were like, this, this makes sense. This makes sense what we're doing. And it makes sense that this is he and I, because we have the same amount of drive and we have the same amount of energy and passion. And it drives us into en endless arguments, but keeps us also on the same page and like very understanding of each other and each other's energy and drive. And, even when we didn't like each other, because when we first met each other, we didn't understand each other. He didn't like me especially. I was a loud and but all sorts that, of person and found ourselves. But is that not a successful ourselves. marriage musically? Because you've yes. got two different styles coming together and you're both pushing for excellence, but you find that common ground and then you shape it into the sound that you're doing. Exactly. What That's exactly would you it. describe that sound? It's cliche to say it's blues. I saw more than that today on stage. So, I mean, look, the root of it all is blues. Delta blues is the foundation that we're building from. And we constantly try our best to also, because we're very experimental in our souls. He, he's a big purist, but he, he gets the urge himself to also start playing around a lot himself. But we make sure that every once in a while we pull ourselves back and say, okay, let's, let's dive back into the Delta Blues and really make sure that we're focused on what it is that we're trying to push the most. And something that Max says a lot is, and that I try to bring into my, into, my, into, my, into my vocabulary as well, is keeping the blues alive. And it's something that's very important. Now, where do we find the blues? Where are you on social media? Because everybody's so wrapped up in it. Are you on Spotify and all the streaming platforms yet? Where do people engage with you? Right now on all the social media, Max and Love, M-A-X-X and Love. The word and. Yes, so and. Word and. Yeah. So it's Max with the two X's and then and love. Yeah, that's for the handles. But if you're looking for the actual name, just with the and symbol. That's how we are. But and music online? So at the moment, we're still working on that. Um, we've got a, a couple good songs that we definitely feel very confident to take into studio and start releasing. But um, right now, we're just kind of waiting for all the ducks to align and get everything right. But we, we're, we're very sure. He's, he's been on my case a lot more than I have been on mine. But... Um, it's coming soon. Before end of year, we're definitely going to have at least at least one song, probably an EP out. Because that's the plan. The passion, the drive that you, the two of you have is exceptional. Um, Twenty-two could be your breakout year. Is, is that your goal? If I speak to you next year, this time, what have you set down that you want to do? That you want to tick mm. off? I think as far as our discussions around the thing that the things that we want to tick off, the main thing has been our shows and making sure that we get those theater shows and the Max and Love experience solidified and acknowledged and seen as a, a, an event. That's something that we're really working towards. As far as um, popping off or, or our breakout moments or whatever, I guess that, that has more to do with consumers and I guess the industry. Um, 
than it does us. And I think for us, we're trying to make sure that if, if there's anything that we focus as hard as we can on, that, that it's the craft and it's this experience and this show, the show that we're trying to create. I'm listening to this podcast and I go, I blues, I sort of know Robert Johnson, I know some of the other right, names right, you right. mentioned, but what are you listening to when you go home? So, I, I, I got put onto uh, a lot of uh, Elmore James by Max. I found, he put me onto Lightning Hopkins as well. I found uh, this man named Howling Wolf, who is probably, <laughs> probably my favorite blues artist right now. I think his, his, his voice and his, his writing and his interpretation of writing, I find all of that incredibly beautiful and it very, very showman. Very, very, very show many, and that's that's my kind of that's my kind of stuff. So that's the kind of stuff I'm listening to a lot of. And on that high note, love, thank you so much for an engaging ten minutes. You know, we don't need to waffle <laughs> for hours. Everything is there, and may 2022 be everything that you want it to be. I'm now going to switch off. I'm now going to talk to Max. If people saw where we were doing this interview, it's just outside a gig that we've just finished. Max and Love are just so passionate and deep in understanding of. The blues. It's a 50-50 conversation, so I've got to finish the other part. Yes. Tell me about yourself. Who are you? What are you doing? Because your partners speak so lovingly about what you do and what you've brought to the creative post process. But you're playing the guitar, mm -hmm. and you're not singing. Why not? Oh, this this voice um, in in the I can't remember who sings this song, but in those words, this voice was not made for singing. <laughs> but the voice was made for guitar. The what made is, you pick up? the guitar, what guitars are you using and what are your influences? Because there's a wonderful chemistry on stage. Funny enough, this is sort of a bittersweet um, answer for what made me pick up the guitar. Uh, I'm not proud of it, but in the same breath, I'm very proud of it because regardless of where the journey starts, it doesn't dictate where it is right now. I remember going to watch the movies uh, with my mom. I watched Freaky Friday. I think it was around 20, 2005, 2004 and stuff. And there was that scene towards the end where Lindsay Lohan, as her mom, played the guitar solo in the backstage when she was on stage. And it was just that moment. I, I remember it distinctively, seeing that guitar solo. And I looked over to my mom and I was like, Ma, I want to do that. And at the time, in those years, I mean, we were all what listening to... What years are to, we talking about About here? 2004, 2005. Okay. In those times, we were listening to like Green Day, Lincoln, um, Nickelback, you know, Avril Lavigne, Kelly Clarkson and stuff. Um, you know, those kind of bands and a lot of punk because that was the, um, the era of punk and grunge, just after grunge. But then I got introduced to like classic rock and roll, but particularly the blues by my grandmother with her vinyls and stuff. Um, the first, I remember the first blues record I ever heard was Elmore James. First song I ever learned was Dust My Broom, which we performed the adaptation of Dust My Brooms. And why I, I, I wanted to do that adaptation was because that was the first blues, that was my first introduction to the blues and from were, were your family back steeped in music and that or did you just grow up in a very musical household that there was always music on so it's none seeped. none whatsoever my grandmother is in the acting industry so professionally i'm an actor that's my day job so that's where i got my passion it's just that my grandmother every sunday when every saturday and sunday when she's cleaning the house or like doing her household chores and stuff like that she'd always play her records and there was something about the blues that i connected with and that made me feel something for me, the blues was never a genre that sounded good. No one listens to the blues and is like, oh, that's a good song, that sounds good. 
you listen to the blues and you cathars, you go through something, you experience something, you feel something. And for me, that is the message, that is the whole duty of, of an artist, that act while you're part, that there all the honor lies. As an artist, whether you're a dancer, a musician, an actor, but your duty as an artist is to make people feel something. And for me, that's what the blues offered me. I asked Love earlier your dreams for 2022 because, again, I pick up such a drive, such a passion for what you want to do. And there's a light yes. at, at, on your face continually while we're discussing. You're not blaming COVID for anything. You're not looking for the handout as so many people do. You're very driven towards 2022. I can see that. What is that drive? The drive is we find ourselves in, the in a time or in a generation where so much heinousness is happening you know so much negativity is around so so much despair is is regulating in terms of people being faced with their mortalities and realizing that like we don't have as much time as we thought we did and the economy is going to shit humanity is going to nonsense and stuff like that where so much ugliness is happening that we no longer know how to feel anymore we no longer know how to connect and you become so desensitized with just your normal basic human emotions and things that just make you human rather than just living a life as an act of surviving and getting by the day what we want to see in 2022 whether we're playing to a show of a hundred or a show of 10 people but to have a show we want to make shows we want to create um shaba spoke about love spoke about we want to create our own shows we want to tell a story because we feel that's that's the whole basis of our set and our music is storytelling and letting people know some of the things that we experience and also just what art and music means to us we want to create shows where people can get to watch and go through something where they can experience something where they can walk out and be like hey when i watched you performing i felt this not oh my gosh you're a great singer or you're a great guitarist but let me you know want, what you, you got out of it. You want something to trigger on, on the emotional if space. I, if of we a, can of a move even one audience member to say like, when I saw, I had a guy come to me and be like, when I saw you play guitar, I thought of my dad. My dad passed away five years ago and he used to play guitar and the passion that he played guitar with, I've never experienced that until I saw you playing on stage. That for me is a job well done as an artist. Well. This interview is also a job well done because I said to love, we can do it later. No, 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 Martin, let's do it now. And I see that you want to capture the moment, you want to drive yes. and you want to do things. Yes. It's been a delight to talk to you. I'd never heard of you four weeks ago. You've got another fan. So long may it continue, Max and love. Thank you. Thank you, sir.